Hey, I'm Frank Burton from the Ragbag Podcast. I've just published a new novel. It's called 100, and you are going to like it. There was a boy who lived alone in a hundred-story tower block in the dirty city. There was a girl who vomited cash. There was a man who had one of those dreams about having a dream. There was an electrical engineer who was in possession of a rare form of sleepwalking. It's weird, it's wild, it's wonderful, it's in paperback and ebook format on Amazon, but hey, you're audio people. So I've made you an audio book available for name your price that's name your price from frankburton.bandcamp.com that's frankburton.bandcamp.com and i know i'm biased because i wrote it but trust me this is going to Welcome to Ragbags, a bonus bag. My name's Frank Burton. This is the one you've all been waiting for. The best of episode to beat all best of episodes, yeah? It's Benedict's Best Bits. We'll be charting my association with Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, the actor, from start to finish. I know he'll be listening too. Hello, mate. Enjoy the show. Shout out to Benedict Cumberbatch. Mate, I thought I recognised your name, so I googled you. I didn't realise you were famous. I'm sure you are a very good actor. Um, maybe I'll watch something with you in one day. Anyway, thanks for getting in touch to express your appreciation. Good to have an A-lister amongst our listeners. Mention us to your fancy Hollywood friends. I like the idea of being the star's choice, I really do. I appreciate the offer of you appearing on the podcast as a guest. Unfortunately, it's not that kind of show. I don't really do interviews, and uh, as I say, I'm not actually familiar with your work, so I'm not sure what I'd ask you, but all the best anyway. Benedict Cumberbatch, everyone. Shout out to Benedict Cumberbatch's agent who sent me a quite strongly worded email. Apparently Mr Cumberbatch was a little embarrassed that I'd publicly rejected him. Now come on guys, I wasn't rejecting him as such, I was just saying I don't have a use for him. Honestly, if I had him on the podcast, I don't even know what I'd talk to him about. I don't even know who he is. I don't see how he could be taking offence at that. It's not my field of expertise. I said exactly the same thing to Steve Buscemi. I appreciate your support and I like the fact that you like me, but unfortunately you're an actor and this isn't a showbiz kind of show. Unless you want to form a band or something, send me a demo if that's any good. I'll consider playing it at some point. I can't just have you on so you can plug your latest film. I'll be obliged to watch it myself just to check it was good. And I'm sure it's very good, but I can't be bothered to go to the cinema. The last film I saw at the cinema was Turner and Hooch.
Benedict Cumberbatch has been in touch. Yes, I remember you, the actor. Yes, the actor. He says, I really must apologise for my agent's brusque tone in your last communication. I fired him last Tuesday. I, I hope you didn't do that on my account there, Benedict. Um, he continues, The offer of me appearing on Ragbag still stands, and I do hope you'll reconsider. I'm not asking to co-host or anything extravagant like that. Just a five-minute spot. I'd be very interested to hear your take on Avengers Infinity War. Well, no problem at all with that, my friend. I can give you my take on Avengers Infinity War. Um, it's probably a fairly original take in the circles that you move in, Benedict. So here goes, and there's no need for you to appear on this podcast after this, okay? Here's my take on Avengers Infinity War. You ready for this? Here we go. Avengers Infinity War. I don't know what that means. If I didn't know better, I'd say you pick those words entirely at random to try and catch me out. As a matter of fact, I don't know any better, so maybe that's exactly what's happened. Martin in Los Angeles has been in touch. Hello, Martin. He says, I'm just touching base. Are you a military man, Martin, are you? Yeah? I'm just touching base about my good friend Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, here we go. Oh, dear, oh, dear. He says, please treat this as a private matter and don't read this message out on your podcast. Um, sorry, Martin, too late for that. Um, put that in the subject header next time. Martin says, I don't wish to guilt trip you in any way, but I've noticed that my good friend, Benedict, stop calling him your good friend. I get it, Martin. You've got a famous friend. It doesn't impress me. He says, I've noticed that my good friend, Benedict, has been rather depressed lately, and I recently discovered this stems from a sense of profound disappointment at having missed the opportunity to appear as a guest on Ragback. If there's one thing you need to work in our industry, oh, you're in show business as well, are you, Martin? Oh, good luck to you. If there's one thing you need to work in our industry, it's the ability to handle rejection. Yeah, I get the impression you're talking from bitter personal experience there, Martin, but never mind. But on this occasion, Martin continues, it seems that Benedict has taken the rejection to heart. I'm not asking for charity, but I will say, if you do have a change of heart, I know it will mean the world to him. I'm saying this partly because you initially said you never interview people, but then you brought out your special episode featuring a little-known band called The Underscore Orchestra, which indicates a change of policy in this area. 
Thanks for pointing that out, Martin. Yes, the bonus episode featuring the Underscore Orchestra is up there right now, and it is fantastic. Thank you for pointing that out. Little-known band, indeed. This obsession, Martin, with numbers and how many people have heard of you and how popular you are turns my stomach, frankly. And don't try and undermine them like that. I'm sorry if they're more famous than you, Martin, Okay. I'm sure you'll get your pick of the parts one of these days. If you want my advice, you should take a leaf out of Benedict's book. Get yourself a memorable, catchy name. I mean, you know, what are you calling yourself now? Martin Freeman. You sound like an estate agent. You're never going to get taken seriously in Hollywood. That being said, I'm not sure Benedict Cumberbatch is all that memorable a name either. I'm saying that because it has a very similar rhythm to Ingelbert Humperdinck. Which is why I I often get the two of them confused. And listen, I'm genuinely saddened to hear that Benedict feels that way. I don't get a kick out of hurting people. I mean, it does make me feel powerful. And yes, there is a certain amount of pleasure in that. But I'm not proud of that fact. I suggest a compromise, okay? Benedict is welcome to come on the show on the strict condition that he doesn't speak. He can come and he can sit in on the recording session for the next episode. We can hang out. As long as he doesn't open his mouth, we'll have some fun. Let's set something up, Martin. Thanks for getting in touch. Shout out to Stella in Aberystwyth. Stella's been in touch asking for advice. Yes, I can give advice. This is the best part of the show for me and for you too, hopefully. Stella says, I recently had to take a restraining order out on a young man who was stalking me. I feel guilty about it now because I feel like he's just a lonely soul who's had his heart broken. You sound like a very kind-hearted person, Stella, and it's a shame that this is the way it works. Clearly you've done nothing wrong and you feel guilty about it. Now, there is a solution to all this and I don't know if you want to hear this, but you came to me asking for a solution, so I'll give you one. Instead of doing nothing wrong and feeling bad about it, do something wrong and feel good about it. Yeah? It's entirely up to you how you go about doing this. Um, Cut down your next door neighbour's apple tree and set it on fire. Enjoy yourself while you're doing it. Have yourself a whale of a time. Feel good about it. Now you're not the one who's done nothing wrong feeling bad. It's them lot next door. Go and do it, Stella. You'll thank me for this later. Welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. A big hello to anyone who's been binge listening 
from episode 1. It's episode 14 now. You're approaching 11 hours of audio. If you've been listening solidly for the last 10 and a half hours straight, enjoy the ride. There is more to come. Don't stop now. As for the rest of you, show some dedication, please. And allow me to introduce my special guest, the actor, and, um, well, that's all he is, I suppose. He's just an actor and award-winning, yeah, uh, award-winning actor. Oscar-winning? No. The Oscar-losing actor... Benedict Cumberbatch, ladies and gentlemen. He's here in my little makeshift studio in Manchester, but as you know, if you'd have listened to the last edition, I've agreed to have him on the show on the understanding that he doesn't speak. (gasps) Bless you. So, now that I've introduced our guest, I'm going to completely ignore him for the remainder of the show, but he is here. As you can no doubt hear. I should have got a sneezing ban in place as well, but that's not actually specified on the terms of our written agreement, so what can you do? Anyway, Benedict is clearly very happy to be here. He's got a big smile on his face, grinning from ear to ear. It's like babysitting a six-year-old boy and taking him to meet what he believes is a real Transformer, but it's actually just a student on minimum wage in a foam suit. Oh, you like that analogy, do you, Benedict? Have I said something amusing? We'll never know, will we? (laughs) This edition is sponsored by the City of Birmingham, right here in the United Kingdom. Ever been to Birmingham, Benedict? No? Well, there's lots of things to do there. Visit Cadbury World. Visit the Bullring Shopping Centre. Visit the National Sea Life Centre. Visit Birmingham, UK. I'm sure the other Birminghams in the world are fine as well, but uh, they're not paying me money. And it's just as well that the Birmingham Tourist Board got in touch because, let's face it, the advertiser for the last edition was a bit weird, even by ragbag standards. As I said, they paid me a ton of money, but I had to discontinue our relationship. Firstly, because I was getting a phenomenal amount of support from some very strange people. People who I know for a fact have never listened to this show. And it's one thing to grow your audience, and it's another thing to temporarily attract complete oddballs. I'll give you an example. George Patriot on Twitter says, Thank you, Frank Burton, for finally, block capitals, finally, saying what our kind have been banned caps again from saying since the PC liberals seized power let's examine that statement George what I said or what I was paid to say was this edition is dedicated to the most neglected despised and discriminated against group in our society today white, middle-class, heterosexual, able-bodied, cisgendered men. Now, I don't really know what any of that means, but judging by the look on Benedict's face right now, it's not good, George. Okay? (coughs) Bless you. But 
I don't believe you've been somehow banned from saying these things, Mr. Patriot. And I know that because I have read your Twitter feed and you have basically written an exact paraphrase of that statement every single day for the last eight years. Who's censoring you exactly? I'm afraid I've got no choice but to issue you with a fine. If you haven't heard the last edition, let me explain. This is a thing we're doing now. If a listener steps out of line, they're subject to a financial penalty. It's as simple as that, but it's all very fairly done. The amount the perpetrator has to pay is based on their estimated income. I've been doing a little checking up and George Patriot, which I'm starting to suspect is not your real name. Ironically, for someone who uses the Union flag as their profile picture, George actually works in Moscow doing some kind of administrative position for the Russian government. I'm not too sure what the estimate for that is, so £50, George, PayPal. I expect a prompt response, thank you. You're very good at responding to things. I know that about you. Now Stella has been back in touch. Stella! Now there's a film I have seen, Benedict. You must have seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Stella. What's it called? What? A streetcar named Desire. No, that's not the film I'm thinking of. You must know the one. Stella. No? Anyway, Stella. I can't believe this. I gave Stella some advice in the last edition about breaking the habit of feeling guilty when you've done nothing wrong. My advice was counteract that pattern by doing something wrong and feeling good about it and the example that popped into my head and for some reason I also said it out loud was cut down your next door neighbor's apple tree and set it on fire feel good about that you know what Benedict it just so happens that her next door neighbor does have an apple tree and she went and did it I was not expecting that, Stella. You didn't seem like the sort of person who'd embrace change in their lives quite so easily, but you've done it and I congratulate you. Stella says, in many ways, it was a cowardly, sociopathic act, but it was so empowering, I really do owe you a debt of gratitude. Pleasure is all mine, Stella. That made my day. (coughs) Kevin in Barnaldswick says, I took on board your advice in the last edition. Uh, hang on, it wasn't directed at you, Kevin. I often feel guilty for no reason, and your strategy really resonated with me. Again, it's not my strategy, okay, or yours. It's Stella's strategy. That was a personalised recommendation for that one individual. Kevin continues, It just so happens that my next-door neighbour also has an apple tree. I chopped it down set fire to it and I've never felt so good about myself what are you playing at Kevin not only have you broken the law which I would never advocate doing secondly utterly barbaric go to the police confess to your crime and while you're at it there's a small matter of the fine I'm imposing upon you 
£400. I don't care if you're unemployed, PayPal that across to me now. Raj in Mumbai says, I love mangoes. Each week I make a massive bulk order, always more than I'll ever manage to eat. You could say I'm mango insane. I can see what you're trying to do there, my good friend. Um, it almost makes a serviceable pun, but Benedict didn't laugh and he seems to find everything funny. He laughs at me when I'm being serious. I know what you want anyway, and there comes a time in the life of any podcast host when you have to weigh up your options. Use the catchphrase that you like, but no one else seems to, or keep on repeating the one that people seem to like. On this occasion, I'll go with a popular vote. Shout out to Raj in Mumbai. There's purchasing mangoes for your own personal use, and there's stockpiling mangoes. What you are doing, my good friend, is stockpiling mangoes. What are you playing at? What do you know that we don't... Hang on, wait, hang on, sorry. I just realised... <laughs> Benedict is sitting there wearing a t-shirt with the words, what do you know that we don't know on it? Have you been wearing that the whole time? <laughs> where, where, where did you get that? What, did you have it specially made? That's unbelievable. I should get into the whole merchandising thing, shouldn't I? <laughs> Bless you. Have you got hay fever or something, Bendick? No? Any allergies you're aware of? And you don't have a cold? Stop sneezing. Raj, by the way, has added a PS. I enjoyed the orange special. You should do mango next time. As I've said before, mate, I'm not going to do that. Don't try and second guess which direction this cultural typhoon will blow next. Just wait and see, there is more in store, okay? <coughs> Monica in Amsterdam has been in touch to say, I can't believe you don't know what a millennial is. Where have you been? Do not underestimate the depths of my ignorance in these areas, Monica. It truly knows no bounds. Anyway, I looked up the term out of interest. I still don't really understand what it means. From what I can gather, it's a term that applies to anyone who was born after about 1980 or something. That's a lot of different people, guys. I don't see how it's useful to have a word for that. What do you reckon, Benedict? Uh, Benedict, for the record, agrees with me. That's two against one. At least. When were you born, by the way? 1976, nice. You've been looking after yourself. I mean this sincerely, my friend. You don't look a day older than 41. So, uh, thanks a lot. Yeah. No, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself, mate. No, I'm, I am, I'm not... I'm not definitely going to guarantee that you'll be welcome back, you know, without first having some 
assurance that you're not going to sneeze your head off the entire time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just being fair to you at the end of the day. It is really distracting, okay? Also, I mean, what would you do if you came back? Just sit there again, because that's what you did the first time. And, you know, people are just going to expect... The, the whole point of the show is kind of expect the unexpected. So if you come back and just sit there again, that would be the expected thing to do. So that's a problematic in its own way. Um, also, I mean, I don't want to go on about this, but I can't be expected to work around your schedule. You know, I suspect you're a busier man than I am. But also, I don't want to set a precedent for, for me having guests on. Because if I have you on again, I'll almost be morally obliged to say yes to Steve Buscemi or yes to, what's her name? That, that one with the weird hat. Yeah, Kate Winslet, exactly. It'll start getting way out of hand, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Yes, mate. You people are all talking about helping to popularise the show. It's not supposed to be popular, right? It's supposed to be a thing that only a few people know about. And the ones that know about it like it because it's their like special, like secret thing. If you start going on about it, you know, you and your celebrity mates, it's going to ruin the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, how did you actually find out about this in the first place, Benedict? Who? This edition is sponsored by my good friend. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. I said it, didn't I? I said it, and now I've officially become one of those people. Look at me. I'm important. I've got important friends. If this week's sponsor were a welder or something, would I describe him as my good friend, Dave the Welder, or would I just call him some dude called Dave who's a welder? Anyway, forget I said any of that. This edition is sponsored by the actor, Benedict Cumberbatch. Check out his TV work in shows such as Sherlock and Patrick Melrose. Check out his films, The Imitation Game, Doctor Strange, and of course... Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> is, that, is that an actual film title? It still seems to me like a collection of random words, but whatever. Check him out on stage next time he's doing Shakespeare or something. Check out Benedict Cumberbatch. Details on IMDb or whatever. Thanks, Benedict, for stepping in as sponsor. Yeah. Last one didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. Legal difficulties, blah, blah, blah. Hedge mazes, blah, 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 blah. On the subjects of my good... On the subjects of my acquaintance, Benedict Cumberbatch, Rose in Blackpool has been in touch to say, I've figured out a way you can have Benedict on the show without compromising the ragbag format. Doesn't he play the violin? You could talk to him about that. Rose uh, sent me a link. So apparently there's a, I don't know, some TV show he's in where he plays the violin or something. 
I don't know if he actually plays the instrument for real. I'll have to ask him if I can be bothered. Nice thinking, Rose. I do have some good news for you, actually. Benedict will be appearing on the show again, and I will be interviewing him this time for real. There's a twist. There is a twist, but I can't tell you about that now. Wait for that future episode to drop. That's right, I said drop. Wait for that future episode to drop, and you'll see what's what when the time is right. Welcome to Rag Bag. My name's Frank Burton, a.k.a. Lazarus Newman. <laughs> Shh! Okay, my very special guest, as promised, is the actor Benedict Cumberbatch. But there's a twist. I'll play a tune, then I'll introduce you to Benedict. If you're familiar with his work, he may not be quite as you would expect him to be. Alright, enough. <laughs> Stop it. So I'm here with Hollywood's very own Benedict Cumberbatch, a method actor, as it turns out. Aren't you, Benedict? Yeah. You hear how he sounds right now? It's very impressive. He's in character, aren't you? I love him. Because he's currently working on a new film. It's a Pixar animation in which he plays the voice of a three-year-old child. How old are you now, Benedict? Three. Very good. And tell me about this new film. What's it called? Raspberries, strawberries. Um, yeah. Okay, I see what you're doing here, mate. But this is your opportunity to promote your upcoming film. I don't think it's actually called Raspberries, Strawberries, and Yeah. But if you insist on that being the name, I just have to assume you're telling the truth. So just to be clear, Raspberries, Strawberries, and Yeah is the name of the film, right? And this is nothing to do with the fact that when you arrived here, I agreed to make you some fruit. Let's try a different question. When's the film coming out? October. Now, we're getting somewhere. Although that seems a bit soon, considering the film isn't completed yet and it's CGI. So, do you mean October this year? Four. Right, so it's coming out in four years' time or... October the 4th, which is it? Blueberries. Back to the blueberries, right. Well, once again, let me say, I do appreciate your dedication to the role. You've really embraced this new character in years to come. No doubt you'll be seen as this generation's De Niro. Although, to be fair, he didn't have to resort to doing cartoons in his glory days. But anyway, Benedict... Hang tight now. We will be back with you in a little while. I've just got to address this delicate issue surrounding this edition's sponsors. Thankfully, it's not Pipe Smokers Rule OK. I had to part company with them because they were making too much fuss. And I can't be bothered with people who've got an attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. First, right, they didn't like it when I said tobacco products were bad for your health. Then... They objected to me suggesting that tobacco products are good for your health. I mean, I don't actually know. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I'm not qualified to say. But make your mind up. Pipe smokers rule okay. 
It's a rather silly name, by the way. Rule. What do you rule, exactly? You rule nothing. Anyway, best of luck to you. That's Lazarus talking. This edition is sponsored by Felix Monnery, the saviour of humankind. Felix was 26 years old and working in a call centre when he suddenly realised he was the living embodiment of the great Felix, creator of the universe. He quit his job and after serving his notice period began performing miracles including healing the sick and sawing an assistant in half. He currently lives in a commune in Inverness with 12 wives and growing, currently seeking new followers. All the details on Felix's Facebook page. What do you make of all this, Benedict? I don't know. I mean, really, it's the old humble origins story all over again. Jesus was a carpenter and all that. David Icke was a BBC sports presenter. And now here's this new kid on the block, Felix Munnery. I mean, good luck to him and everything. I do wish Felix and his um, 12 wives and growing every success in their career. Is Saviour of Humankind a career? I suppose it must be. Certainly a nice little earner for him. You have to pay a subscription fee to be part of this religion. And you get nothing back for that. Not even a t-shirt. They cost extra. So you can see what he's doing there. I mean... Most businesses have got overhead costs like goods and services and what have you. This is neither of those. It's like, give me money because I made you. You are the goods in this little transaction of ours. And you can pay for yourselves. Anyway, good luck to Felix Munnery, the saviour of humankind. Details on the website. You know what kind of annoys me, Benedict? Yeah. Well, you don't, know because I haven't told you about it yet. I'm talking about this whole humble origins story and how journalists like to apply that to people like yourself who've made it big in Hollywood. They'll be like, an Oscar nomination for a market trader's son from Dagenham. And I'm like, you know, hang on a minute. Why can't people from Dagenham do other things besides selling fruit? You know what I mean, Benedict? Yeah. I just don't like what they're implying. They're basically saying that's weird that someone from a small English town has found success in America because America's like much better than England, isn't it? Much better than England. No one sells fruit there. They all ride around on the back of giant bananas and stuff. Like, where are you from, Benedict? I don't know. Okay, forget about that. I need to neutralise my own gripe. Can you pass me that little mirror? I'm going to do this for myself. Uh, that's not a mirror, mate. That's a grape. He's eating it anyway. I'll get it myself. Right, here we go. Just looking in the mirror, listeners. Let's see how this works. Frank Burton, next time you hear the word didgeridoo, that's your gripe neutralised. No more getting annoyed about humble origins stories. Ah. We're still in transition, Frank. One day we won't be talking like this because we'll be speaking with one voice. I appreciate that you're not ready to take that step yet. Ha ha ha, that step. I'll tell you what step he's talking about there, listeners. Officially changing my name to Lazarus Newman. That's what he wants me to do. 
And I'll tell you what, Lazarus, that's never going to happen. You certainly were going to do it. Well, I changed my mind. For one thing, I think you've turned into a self-righteous nincompoop. That's right, I said it. I said it. And for another thing, Lazarus Newman is a ridiculous name, isn't it, Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. And speaking of Benedict, don't think I haven't noticed what you've written about him in your rubbish book. Not only do you have the audacity to bring Noddy into it, you also refer to Benedict as, uh, what was it again? My good friend Benedict Cumberbatch. You're just trying to make yourself look good. It's all an act, one big performance. And for who? Is this for my benefit? I'm not impressed in the slightest. My good friend, Benedict Cumberbatch. He's not your friend, Lazarus. And he's not my friend either. Now, I'm sorry to say this to you, Benedict, but I don't really think of you as a friend. I think of you as a fan. I mean, even now, you're sitting there wearing a onesie with the words... You've been watching too many movies, written on it. And I really do appreciate the fact that you've had it specially made. And I appreciate the irony of you, a film actor, wearing that onesie whilst in character. I love you. And I don't love you, mate. That's the way fandom works. You love me and I don't love you. That's not a friendship, but that's the way it should be. Right, well, I'm sorry, mate. I didn't mean to upset you or anything. Me love you. You love me. We were happy family with a great big hug and kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? <laughs> Okay, now that was very sweet. I really do appreciate the sentiment behind it. <laughs> oh, come here, you big seven-foot lump. Hug time. Blueberries? Sure. I'll get you some more blueberries. And as for you, Lazarus Newman, I'm not done with you yet, right? This is not over. But I have a feeling it soon will be one way or another. Now, Tune of the Week is something very, very good. I've been resisting playing anything off this album because most of the tracks are about 20 minutes long, but I've realised this one is something like six and a half, so that's all right, isn't it? And seriously, this is six and a half minutes well spent. The band is called Lasazo. I won't embarrass myself by attempting to pronounce the name of the track. Details are in the show notes. Here you go.
te dije ah, te va 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 te dije ah. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening. That was indeed Mr. Bender Cumberbatch, followed by the tune of the week, which was excellent stuff, wasn't it? Now, all the details of all of my stuff can be found on my website, frankburton.co.uk. Check me out on Twitter at RagbagFrank. The Facebook page is Ragbag Podcast. I've got books on Amazon, as you know. I say this every week, so, you know, just go on there and buy my books, The History of Sarcasm on 100. Just go for it. Why not? See you next time. Another best of coming up next week. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.